How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, hello, sweet listeners, and welcome back to the In the Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Victoria, otherwise known as Vic in the Meadow in all my corners of the internet. And I am so sorry for not having an episode last Sunday. I've been doing so good. I've been doing so good. And the start of the new year has been hectic. I am no longer pre-recorded on episodes. I am recording and posting within the same week. Sometimes life just happens. It's been really interesting juggling my ever-changing work schedule with my partner who's in school and his school hours are all over the place. I am somebody where when I'm recording the podcast, I need to be home alone. I cannot have someone, even if I know he has headphones in, down the hallway. I need my privacy. So when I had recorded on a Friday, went to edit on Saturday to post for Sunday and listened back to the audio that was all garbled. I think like the connector must have been loose in my phone, which I'm going to check now again because now I'm paranoid. We seem to be good, but the quality was not good. There was a lot of like air interference as well with the, it was just not good. And I was like, this, this is just not usable. Interesting though, because after I had recorded the episode, it was an episode on my relationship with alcohol and sobriety. I was kind of mulling it over that night. And I was like, is this too much to share? So maybe it was the universe or whatever telling me the timing wasn't right yet for that. But it's funny because in this Q and A that I'm going to do today, I had a couple people on Instagram ask about handling being sober and being out in the world where people sometimes challenge you on that or poke and pry. Maybe that is another episode that I will re-record and organize my thoughts in in the future. Today I figured we'd just answer some questions. I put a little question box up on my Instagram and I've got a bunch to talk about, but I wanna catch y'all up and I'm gonna try and remember what the heck I was talking about in the last episode that I recorded. Number one being, we finally have the cold. We have the snow in Southern Ontario. Last weekend, the one that I did not have an episode on, we got a, I say snowstorm loosely because it wasn't a huge amount of snow, but it was just the whiteout conditions, the wind, freezing rain. I had to chip out like ice blocks from my windshield this morning on my way to work before going to work, not on my way. That would be quite the multitasking. But it had just snowed and rained and then temp drop It is 
supposedly feeling like negative 25 degrees Celsius today, which is very, very cold. I'm so happy to be home from work and just warm for the rest of the day because even through my little mitts, when I was scraping, I was feeling that cold. I was feeling it. And I may be Canadian, but I am not built for the cold weather. I get headachy, my sinuses hurt. It is straight up not a good time. Oh yeah, winter is here. Oh, something else exciting that will be hopefully posted on Instagram around mid-February. Uh, one of the used bookstores that I already frequent multiple times a month on my own reached out to do a collaboration, which is really exciting. And I'm very, very picky about companies that I actually work with and need to already pre-existingly like the product if I'm going to, you know, share that on my space. And this being somewhere that I already go, it's just like the gates are opening, the sun is shining in. I'm just really excited. So that'll be something that'll be up on Instagram in February. Some, some bookish related stuff. Speaking of books, I don't think I've talked about books since the new year started, but I was looking back at my Goodreads roundup. I read 323 books in 2023, which is a really big contrast to 2022, which I read 52 books, which is still a lot of books. But going from 52 to 323 is a massive difference. And then I was thinking, you know, going into 2024, I'm like, well, what what do I want to set as my, my reading goal? And I like to undershoot so that I feel really good when I surpass it. And so I'm going 150 because something with my reading, I don't like the word goals, my hopes this year. One of them, which I shared on Instagram is to DNF, do not finish more books. If I don't like a book, I'm not gonna stick through it, even if I bought it, even if I bought it, which happened to me this past week, I was reading a book that I did buy at a used bookstore, but it was still $12, which is expensive for a used bookstore. It was not at one of my favorites. And the content was just, horrific and not something that I could stomach. And I kept being like, oh, do I push through another 200 pages and not enjoy reading? And then I'm like, wait, reading is meant to be enjoyable. So that is gonna be going to a little free library. That's one of my goals. The other goal is to read longer books. I can often get very intimidated by long books because again, I'm like, well, what if I'm not enjoying it? But in conjunction with the not finishing a book, if I don't like it, I think it'll be good because in December I read I think my favorite book of the year, I think my two, my top two favorites of 2023 book-wise was Crescent City, which we have number three, the new Crescent City book coming at the end of the month, and Manacled by Senlin Yu, which that is fan fiction. I still consider it a book because it was almost a thousand pages and it was incredible. Those are two books that I devoured in a unreasonable amount of time and enjoyed so much and it didn't feel that long. I'm working with myself on the relationship with, with books this year and reading what I want to, not feeling peer pressured by, you know, what the new releases and popular whatever things are and just recalibrating that because it's really strange how the internet does play a role in like our minds as a reader. So I've been staying off of TikTok a lot more and uh, selectively using it for book related content, which there is something I want to talk about that's super fun. And if you are a fellow reader, this might be of interest to you. And that is reading, reading sprints, reading lives on TikTok. The my absolute favorite book talk creator, Sydney. I'm trying to think of her handle right now. If you look up Sydney book talk thrillers on TikTok, it will come up. Um, it might, it might just be like Sydney book talk. I don't know. Anywho, black hair, clear glasses, kind of looks like me without tattoos, if I'm being honest. She does every Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, a live on TikTok where she reads and hangs out. So what you do is, you know, she starts her live, there's like 10 minutes of chatting, what's everyone reading? And then she sets a timer and for 30 minutes or 20 minutes, however long, everyone reads, then we take a little break, then we talk for 20 minutes, then we do another 30. Like it's just the back and forth so that, you know, your phone is on. You can't go reach for your phone and get distracted. And there's that community of just knowing that you're with a bunch of other people reading and then you get to take a break because sometimes focusing can be hard for some people. Every reader is different. And I have attended, sounds funny, joined in for the last two Friday nights on that. And I've had a really great time. And I see even during the day now, when I scroll on my TikTok, other people doing these reading sprints where they're hanging out and 
uh, you just read and then take a little break and talk and read and take a little break and talk. And I think it's really fun. I think that's a really positive side of the book community right now. What else is new? This might be a longer episode since we've got a few weeks to catch up on. Um, so grab a tea or a coffee or whatever tickles your fancy if you don't already have one. This is so not too wild, but I've been really invested in the new season of A Thousand Pound Sisters that's airing. I love Amy and Tammy so much and I am rooting for them so hard. So that's what I've been watching for the most part. Not, not a whole lot otherwise going on. Still doing my bird watching. If you see my Instagram stories, I am out there. I'm out there every morning watching my birds, feeding my birds. It is so helpful for them to offer the birds food in the winter. Just read a statistic from the bird store that I go to in an email this morning that said that songbirds can use up 75 to 80% of their energy and fat reserves in one night when it's below minus 10 Celsius, which that is scary and so sad. So it is hard for them this time of year to find food organically because of the snow covering the ground and the trees. And they are excited. They are excited. The bird feeders are full and I love getting to watch them. It brings me a lot of joy. It's very interesting to think how new this is in my life. I found birding during my grief, my period of intense grief, grieving the loss of my dog, Boo. And it's just, it's so interesting going from a world where I never noticed a gosh dang bird in my life, walking around or anything. And I spend a lot of time outside and how now it's like, I go anywhere and I'm like, oh, that's a red-eyed vireo or, oh, that's a woodpecker. Like, I know their calls. We talk, we're friends. Well, that's been fun. And otherwise just trying to stay warm, trying to, you know, sleep, take care of myself. Therapy is... Ooh, therapy's a lot right now. It's a lot. We are at the top of the pyramid of working through my hierarchies of the big scaries, which after I record this, I'm actually going to go do my homework, which I'm not going to get into great detail about. But uh, this week, I know some people find it interesting since it's very case specific person to person with OCD. But this week I am watching videos, real videos of people throwing up. And I have done a couple of them, the ones that are more... <laughs> Gentle. If you have a metaphobia, you'll understand with low, low volume, which is really big. And I'm excited to surprise my therapist with that information tomorrow. And I think she'll be really proud of me. We're working through the big scaries. So I am trying to be so gentle with myself and compassionate with myself as I work through this because it's so draining and mentally exhausting. And whether you're in exposure therapy, whether you're doing EMDR or just talk therapy, whatever it is, it is hard work. You should be so proud of yourself and take care of yourself. One more thing I want to touch on and then we'll get into the questions. Is my low by year, I want to update y'all two weeks into the year. This is the 15th when I'm recording this on how it's going. It's going really good. I realized <laughs> kind of after starting it that like I, I, and this goes with the low by year, I'm not buying a new planner just to track my low by year. So I'm using my work planner and highlighting the days in a certain color when I don't buy anything, but it also contains private health information of clients. So I cannot show you a visual, but it's going really well. And I've decided to not count days that I am getting groceries or, you know, like phone bill gas. I've decided to not count those. Like even if I go get my groceries, I'm still counting that as a no buy day because in my brain, the point of my low buy is to not be buying things extra extras, unnecessary thing. So it's been exciting. I think there has only been three days tops that I bought quote unquote extras. Even that were within my budget. Two of those days were when I bought anniversary gifts for my partner and thus the next day, some a few things for Valentine's Day, which we did within a budget, but still I did buy things outside of my norm. And this past Sunday when we went and bought birdseed, which again, I budget in with my monthly budgeting, but that's still an extra per se. So that's three days out of 15, which is not bad. No takeout, no to-go teas or coffees, no Amazon. It's been going really well. And I've been sharing with friends and people at work that I'm doing this. And there's a lot of other people that are getting the bug to just be more intentional about their money and what they're finding joy in, in life. That's been super interesting. Even my groceries, I've been budgeting a little bit better just because I've mentioned my partner's back in school. 
which is expensive. And we are just making a lot more food. I make all our bread. I make all our cookies. I'm trying not to get takeout. It's, it's going well and I feel really good about it. And looking at my finances and where I am at the month, I know I told y'all my goal is to go from three months to six months of my separate savings account that I have for just my emergency fund of three months of all my bills, grocery money, gas money, etc., and increase that to six. And right now I already have all my money that I need to have set aside for next month set aside. So I'm already starting to save for month four, which is exciting. And I don't think I'll get the whole month four saved up. And I know this is so hard to like verbally explain, just know I'm doing well. I'm on track. And if I fall off track, that's okay too, because shit happens so far. It is just like that positive reinforcement of like, oh, okay, it, it feels really good to save money as well and to not spend money. And I'm doing that internal work of thinking about things. And I, I'm, I'm a funny person because sometimes I will be scrolling on TikTok and I realize, I recognize that TikTok is the sole pusher of why I feel like I need stuff. And I added something to my Amazon card and I was like, mm-mm. But you know, you got to sit on this for at least three to five business days. And by business day two, I deleted it out of my cart. I'm like, okay, you got out of the TikTok haze. You don't need it. And it feels good to recognize that and to recognize, okay, is this just a trend? Is this something you're going to care about in six months, a year? It's interesting. And realizing the abundance of stuff I already have in my house too. But on the flip side of that, I will say, just because I don't know, I know some of y'all were interested in this low by year thing. There are things that I am intentionally stocking up on of necessities. For example, there's a specific toothpaste that we are using right now that is outside of the norm of my favorite, but my partner is having a lot of dental issues and it was on sale for a dollar. And I said, okay, we're gonna get four because if we can buy four for a dollar each right now, which in Canada, finding toothpaste for a dollar never happens. We don't get sales that are actually a good sale very often. So I'm like, okay, that's $4. My preferred toothpaste is usually seven to $8 for one tube. So in my head, I'm like, okay, we're not gonna have to buy toothpaste for a little while. We use this every day without fail. Those are the kind of things where if I can build up my, I don't know, I like to call it emergency supply because if something happens where my partner, for example, right now is not working, he's looking for part-time work with school, or if something happens to me, I don't qualify for EI, I'm self-employed. So having these little things set aside, that that's just my focus this year, getting to a secure position. Lullaby is going good. I know it's only been two weeks, but I think it's going to be fun throughout the year to update y'all on how this is going. Something else coming out this week that I am excited about, and this is an extra, but like I mentioned, books fall outside of my low buy year because it's not no buy. There are still going to be things I buy, but Madeline Pendleton's book is coming out. She is an amazing TikToker. I freaking love her. She has a very, I don't know the word, I would say like socialist, but that might not be the word. She has a company, a clothing company where she's the owner, but she doesn't call herself the owner because every single employee makes the same amount as her. She takes on the same that every single employee does. An unlimited paid time off. They have like amazing benefits. Like she's treating them good. She's trying to change the system. She's also owns a house even though she's qualified now, she qualifies as being like median income for LA making, I think she said 72 grand a year. She has lived in LA making $20,000 a year before. And she has got to a place where she owns a home. She owns a car, not a new car, but a car. Anyways, I have learned a lot from her and just my grocery budgeting from her. And she has a book coming out. I think it's called I Survived Capitalism and All I Got Was This Lousy T-Shirt, which is hilarious. And if you know her, you know, but it's a book about her life and lessons she's learned around money. And I'm not really into like self-help books, as you know, and finance books, but her whole thing behind this has been like, I want to throw rich dad, poor dad off the book charts because like F that noise, that book is toxic. It's not realistic, reasonable advice. And she is giving realistic advice for people living in this day and age where like shit's hard. So that comes out this Tuesday and whenever you're listening to this, like two days from then. So, or wait, yes, that sounds right. Wait, no, does it come out tomorrow? This might've already came out in the past when you're listening to this. I am so confuzzled this month. Time is flying too fast already. Anyways, I'm looking forward to that book. No, no, no. I think that's my updates for now. As you know, at the end of the episode, we'll catch up on any updates that I forgot to give, but I wanna get into this Q&A. Some really great questions asked and 
I want to hop into it. So this is going to be a little mix. There's going to be some kind of like advice related questions, which I'm not a professional, but y'all ask me. So y'all shall receive my opinion and a mix of personal questions as well. So the first question that we have here is how do you deal with family who is overly pushy about your own life decision? I find this interesting and it's interesting reading through the questions in general because it just shows how we are all in very different spaces with our family and friends and life. Now, this isn't something that overly affects me. So maybe take this with a grain of salt, a grain of sand, whatever the saying is. It used to be when I was younger, like 18 to 20, something more prevalent in my life when I was getting super tattooed, dropped out of university, decided to go to college or something that I had never talked about, which it all worked out fine for me. Joe's trusting yourself. But I have gone through this just not a lot lately and I've cut out a lot of toxic family. But my, my personal, I don't know, unsolicited, unprofessional advice would be to kindly set a boundary that you are smart enough to guide your own life and that their commentary is not welcome and maybe distance yourself a little bit. It's hard. It's hard. There's just different types of people out there, but it is amazing how much just like jarring someone with a very upfront your commentary is not welcome on this, or I trust myself to make decisions. It's interesting how that can really make someone finally take a step back when they're challenged. Because a lot of the times the people that are being overly pushy about your choices just need someone to stand up back to them and humble them a little bit. And then maybe you recognize this is someone that you shouldn't be sharing as much with, even if that's a little sad. You know, maybe it's someone that you want to be rooting for you, but isn't. And maybe you just have to take that step back where you take a little bit longer to reply to their calls. You make yourself a little bit more unavailable until you can reach a healthier relationship and respecting boundaries. I don't know. I, I know we're starting weak because it's not something I have a lot of advice on, but I thought that was interesting. And maybe at least that will get some gears turning for the person that asked this question. The next one was really interesting for me. Someone asked, do you have guilt for not being able to socialize, go out or be as stimulated as other people? I do. And this is interesting because I think my answer a few years ago would have been very different than it is right now. But my my current answer would be no, I, I don't. And I'm, I'm glad I don't sit with guilt, but I can really understand how some people do and my past self definitely did. I, I love my life. That is what it comes down to. And when I stopped comparing my brain and abilities to other people, I got so much more joyful. I surrounded myself with like-minded people, reevaluated friendships where it's like, okay, if this person is going out to the bars or only wanting to hang out to spend money and do things that maybe that doesn't align with my core values and how I like to spend my time and sinking into finding people who understand and respect just who I am as a being. And it's sad. And I think there's a question somewhere else about dr friendships drifting apart, but it is a natural ebb and flow that happens in life. And I think it's a great thing that we grow and change as people. And it's natural that we're not all going to grow and change on the same path. This has taken a lot of unlearning and unpacking the capitalistic view of the typical, I don't know, able-bodied, neurotypical, healthy person and realizing that I am not physically or mentally capable or just wanting to be an outgoing person. I don't even know the right word. Like I I am what I am. It is what it is. I be in the house. <laughs> Coming to terms with that and accepting myself has has really been the the big puzzle piece there. Surrounding myself with people that get it. It's interesting because I was thinking about this question for a few days since I put up the question box and I thought of like one example, which is a friend of mine messaged me and we're going to be reading the New Crescent City book together doing kind of like a book club of sorts, if you will. And she was super sweet. She was like, I know you struggle with agoraphobia and you're just kind of like not someone that likes to go out much. And she was like, we can do this virtually if you want, or we can just text, we can voice message. And like, she offered that handout to me. I didn't even have to ask. And that's when I'm like, shit, these are my people. Like feeling respected is, you know, baseline. We should all have that in our friendships and people in our life. But it just, it's solidified to me that I've set myself up in a good spot. Like I, I found my people and that might ebb and flow again throughout life as I change and my friends change, who knows? But right now, no, I don't, I don't really get uh, a guilt for that. And I think if there's a guilt, there's some compassion that you need to have towards yourself and like I said, some unlearning about expectations and how you think you're supposed to behave in society. Maybe, and I'm not a professional, maybe if you're feeling guilt, it's like, 
is there something else? Like, do you want to be the person that goes out? Like, are you, are you guilty because like there's some barrier that maybe like therapy could help with? Or is it just guilt and thinking that you should be? Because we don't should ourselves here. No shitting. And I don't know. I don't know the person that asked this. So I don't know the exact situation, but I am just here to say I have a large community of, not everyone, but a lot of people that listen here that also want to just have a simpler, slower life and are being mindful of things like money and curating a community of like-minded folks. And I think there's a lot more people out there than maybe you think who like a cozy, quiet little time at home. I hope whoever wrote this in or anyone else feeling that way can do some self-work on unpacking like what's going on with that guilt. And if you have access to a professional therapist, that's a great one to talk about with a therapist. I've been talking with my therapist about, um, not in that situation, but some frustrations and feelings I have towards myself for just like having OCD and being the way that I am because of the way that society has told us we're supposed to behave. I think it's all very um, nuanced and interesting, but my, my answer there is no, I don't have guilt for not wanting to socialize and go out. And um, that's just not the world that I want to live in. It's not built for folks like me. And that's the way it is. I feel like it maybe could have been more helpful, but I hope, I hope that that came across um, as sharing my experience at least. So I feel weird about doing Q and A's. I'm like, who am I to tell you guys anything? But again, it's my experience. Just me, one little tiny human in the corner of the internet. You can take some and leave some of whatever I say. This next one I thought was fun. And someone said, what do you wish more folks knew about you? And these are going to seem kind of cheesy and corny answers. I know. But the big one, and I don't know how to say it enough, is just that like, I don't have it all together. I've been married and legally divorced by the age of 26. I am renting. I do not own any property. I'm not sure my career, my day job is what I'm going to be doing long-term. And that scares me. I am self-employed, so I don't have any qualifications for a pension, unemployment payments, disability payments, um, injury. Like I, I don't have any of that. And that's um, a little scary, but at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of us in that boat, like a lot of us that just like are in our 20s and 30s and we're like, eh, I don't know, just kind of taking it day by day. And I think it's really easy when we look at people on the internet to put them on a bit of a, a pedestal because we see just like clips, just like highlights of their life. And we're, you know, we're like, oh man, like they live in this nice place with this, that, and that, and that, blah, blah, blah. And it's interesting because again, people are sharing often the highlights of their life and it's edited and it's chosen selected tidbits. So I, I like to try and share the realistic bits about myself and that I am a normal human. The internet's not my job, which I think is like something that I guess is a bit different from some other creators. I am not living up in a cloud. I have a day job that I went to college for, not university. Rent, I rent a house that frankly is, uh, my apartment is, it's a little bit falling apart. <laughs> Many of my friends listening, you know, you know. And I love it. I have a reel that a TikTok thing that went viral a year or two ago for being okay with like a humble little house with water damaged walls and like sometimes mold grows on my bathroom ceiling. And I get that that's bad and my building tries to, to treat it and I have a dehumidifier now, but not all of us have the privilege to just move. Anywho, anywho just current struggles where I recognize that I'm still very privileged. And to me, I'm like, I'm just happy to have a roof over my head that I can afford monthly. It's not crumbling. I live in a neighborhood that I love. And for me, I'm like, I think things are going great. But it's interesting because other people look in and they're either like, mm, thought you should be doing better. Or, well, I thought you were doing better. Whatever that means. I don't know. I just want y'all to know that however you perceive me, I am just a human being too. And I have the same struggles as a lot of y'all. And then on the other side of things, I guess, of what I wish more people knew is like how invested, I don't know if invested is the right word, how, uh, you know, much I'm rooting for all of you so, so much. When people message me, they're like, I listen to the podcast and now I'm going to try and do a low by year or I'm going to, you know, 
thinking about this or my work-life balance. Dear God, I love when you send me pictures of your pet. I, there are just certain ones that stick in my head. And the few people that have greyhounds that send me pictures, like I know them by name. I feel like they're like part of my circle now because y'all know greyhounds will always have a special place in my heart. The person who has sent me pictures of their late hedgehog, that will live in my brain forever. Like I, I just, I am here for this community. I just, I love getting to connect with y'all. So I guess long story short, my what do I wish more people knew is that I'm just a human being seeking community, trying to figure it out in this wacky world as well. Okay, now a couple more kind of like fun personal questions, um, not in the advice realm. Somebody asked, what's your comfort beverage? And I have two, okay? My daytime is a Diet Coke with lemon, specifically in my Yeti, because it keeps it so cold and crisp. At nighttime, it is a celestial sleepy time tea with half a spoonful of honey. Even better is that I'm currently going through a jar made for me by a client who is this cute little old man who got into beekeeping last year and brought me honey from my neighborhood. And I really, really love to, you know, have things just made with love. I am a sucker for cards, for Things like homemade honey, crocheted items. I love, love, love it. Next question is, when is your birthday and how do you like to celebrate? My birthday is May 7th. I am a Taurus. I am 27 turning 28 this May. Yep, that's right. Had to fact check that in my brain for a second. So how do I like to celebrate? The way that I like to phrase it is I like to celebrate my birthday like I am at the burrow, like Harry Potter, the burrow. I always say I want to live in the Weasley's house. Like I love the Weasley energy. And it's funny because years ago, one of my friends baked me the Harry Potter cake and it looked exactly like the Harry Potter cake, like the one that Hagrid brings to Harry in like the first 10 minutes of the first movie. I just want a slow, cozy day. I, I love a local made dessert just to order in food. Last year, it, it now this didn't get to happen because my dog was sick, but my partner bought us a camp stove and the plump plan was going to be to take me to the conservation area and cook me a meal and enjoy the sunset with, you know, our dog and me by the water. Um, that didn't happen, but the idea was there and that's probably what we'll do this year. A couple years ago, also, I opened a P.O. box on my birthday. It was my first birthday right after my separation and I was just feeling lonely and having a hard time finding joy in things. And I opened a P.O. box for a couple months and I got dozens and dozens of cards and I saved them. I saved them all to open the morning of my birthday and I cried. I saved them all. They're in my little card box. It's this beautiful wooden carved box from Ukraine. I put all my little birthday cards in there and it, it was like, I really want to do it again, but I have this weird internalized fear where I'm like, what if no one wants to send you a birthday card this time though because you already did it once even though it was a couple years ago it was the best i have a friendship bracelet that someone sent me from in there i have sunflower seeds because somebody knew i was from ukraine like just the array of cards as well some homemade cards oh my god like that was my favoriteest if that's a word birthday ever i think was just my morning of opening cards from my little internet community and i i really really love that so that is, I guess, how I like to celebrate. I like a quiet birthday with my core people at home with some baked goods. And my birthday's in spring, so if it's a nice day, some time outside, reading on the porch, and that's all she wrote. This next question, I got a couple of people that asked, what is your favorite bird? And I am so glad you asked. I have two, and it is even hard to pick just two, but I figured we'll do one small, one big. My favorite bird is the downy woodpecker. And if you don't know the downy woodpecker, Google it. It's not that big woody woodpecker type woodpecker, although those are majestic, a little scary sometimes, a little scary looking. They're very big. The downy woodpecker are these fluffy little guys. They often travel in pairs and I haven't got to see them all winter. I saw some like from afar on the tree, but they really like our suet and we only put suet out in the cage when we sit outside in the spring and summer because otherwise the squirrels will devour it. And those freaking squirrels broke our suet cage this past fall. So we will have to get a new one come spring, but the downy woodpeckers love to visit there and they are just so plump and fluffy and tiny and cute. So the downy woodpecker is my favorite, but my other favorite is the great blue heron. They are big boys. They are majestic. There is a lot in the city that I live in along the waterways and great blue herons are so interesting because not all of them migrate south for winter. If they have access to a waterway, they'll stay throughout the winter. So we went for a little winter walk recently and saw 
majestic Mr. Great Blue Heron swooping down over the river. It was so stunning. I'm in my local, my town's um, wildlife photography group and bird watching groups. And I love seeing people post pictures of the Great Blue Herons, just beautiful. And if you download the app, eBird, you can go in and search up and see where sightings of birds have been in your area. So if you live somewhere that gets great blue herons, download eBird and you can go and see where people have logged sightings of great blue herons. And if you're into birding or even just walking and want to get into birding, you can track your path of where you're walking. And if you see a bird, you enter the data and you're contributing to science and the world of tracking where the heck these birds are. Gosh, I get me talking about birds and I simply can't stop. But those are my two favorites. Next, somebody asked, what is your favorite recipe or your favorite thing to bake? Which I think I got this a few times. And I have two answers. I want to talk about my favorite recipe and my favorite thing to bake. My favorite recipe is this like elote dip. Now I am not Mexican. Do I know if I'm doing this right? No, in fact, I know I'm doing it wrong because I've put my own spit on it, but it is a dip that I like to make for dinner that is like elote, like that corn, that street corn, so delicious that you can get. Um, it is based on that. So what I do is I cook up a red onion and green onions. So I'll get those cooking in like a big frying pan and then two cans of corn. Then you put a thing of taco seasoning on them and a bunch of tahini. That tahini, is that the word? Tahini. I think so. Tea? Am I saying it right? I th I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm pretty sure. If I'm wrong, that's okay. I've got the spirit. So you put those in, you let it cook, let it whatever do its thing for like five minutes, and then I add in like two huge scoops of sour cream, some spicy mayo. You're supposed to use cojita cheese. That's really hard to find where I am, so I use a fuck ton of feta cheese. Half a cup of shredded regular cheese. Let it melt. Let it goop together. Squeeze a full lime in there, a little bit more tahini, boom, good to go. Some tortilla chips, delicious. I have some leftovers in my fridge right now that I'm gonna eat for dinner and I am quaking. I am so excited. That is my absolute favorite thing to make. Now my favorite thing to bake is sea salt chocolate chip cookies, which is a recipe that I got from TikTok. And if you're interested, send me a DM because it is the most delicious. It's like a browned butter chocolate chip cookie. Anyways, the prep takes longer than the baking. They bake for 11 minutes, it's very quick, but you gotta let them chill in the fridge, the cookie dough, for like, I do an hour. Really changes the consistency of them after. It's incredible. But it's so interesting because prior to the last half a year, I never cooked or baked. I lived on a lot of frozen stuff, a lot of takeout and Oreos. And needing to find things to get me through grief, I found, Baking, really interesting. Cooking, not as much. I'm, I'm trying, but baking, really, really loving it. Also love making bread. I keep meaning to make like a reel or even like a picture of something to put on my Instagram of my bread recipe because I make it every single Sunday. It costs pennies per loaf to make. I mean, you gotta buy the big thing, flour, you know? Um, but when you, when you like weigh out the ingredients, it is so cheap, it is so good for you. There's no bleaches, there's no preservatives, like in the weird sandwich bread you buy at the store. It tastes so good, it makes your house smell amazing. So maybe I'm sneaking my peasant loaf of bread into that favorite thing to bake as well. Also, I made some really, really good blueberry muffins when blueberries were in season um, a couple months ago. It was a very involved recipe. They turned out so good with like a crumble on top and a blueberry jam. Um, but I, you know, I have to be in a certain mood or have like a week off to want to bake that much because it's hard. It is so hard having the energy to work and take care of a house and also like bake and cook. Like what the frig? I understand the housewife era now because it is a full-time job. Homemaking is a full-time, more than full-time job. You're putting in overtime. Like it is so much work just taking care of a house and the groceries and cooking and all of that. Yeah. I, I, also been like toying with the idea of, I don't know how, somewhere, or like maybe making a highlight of like my favorite recipes. Cause I haven't been sharing as much of my baking cause this is like a quick little side note. I just haven't really been into taking as many pictures, but I'd like to get some recipes up. Um, I, I really, really have just got too comfortable with podcasting and I am not thinking to pull out my phone as much in a day, which I think is a really healthy and good thing. Um, but when, when you exist online, and you don't take many pictures. It's hard <laughs> to exist online, but I, I do what I can. But I also just don't live in like the, I don't like the word aesthetic. It's like, what does that even mean? But 
I, I just, I don't know. I don't have good lighting. I don't have good natural light in my house. Half the time the pictures look pretty, pretty ugh. So I don't know. I just haven't been sharing as much of what I'm baking and whatnot, but I do do a lot of it still and really enjoy it. And I don't know if that's something of interest. Um, maybe let me know. I really hope y'all are okay that this is gonna be a long one because we still have a few questions to get through and hopefully I'll be done recording this before my laundry alarm goes off because um, I got a lot going on today, let me tell you. By a lot, I literally mean just waiting for a million loads of laundry to run. You live in an apartment where other people need to use the machines, you gotta stay on top of those alarms. Okay, the next question, this is the one I knew was coming up and that is tips for how to kindly discontinue a friendship. We have all been there. And it's interesting, just the other day, like literally yesterday, I was talking to my partner about um, something with a, a friend of mine who I don't really talk to or see anymore. And he was like, was there like a formal uh, like friendship breakup or did y'all just kind of drift apart? And I was like, we just kind of drifted apart, realized we didn't have much to talk about anymore and different interests and um, capacities and it's sad, but it is what it is. So this is again, my unsolicited advice from my own personal experience. And that is all I can speak to. I have done in the past, even if I'm just taking like a friendship break, if someone's like going on a path with their life that is like not vibing with mine, I don't know the right word. I will just like, let them know, let them know that you might be distant and that you need some quiet time for yourself to focus on family. I think that's a polite thing to do is to be like, hey, I might not be as available. I might not be answering all your texts because um, I just got a lot going on and I need to focus on myself right now. And I think that's a really fair thing to say to anybody when you need a little space, whether you know it's gonna be long-term or just short-term. Communication can be key. And you know, distance yourself a little bit. Once you've set that boundary, Stop replying out of obligation. Say no to plans if they ask you to plans and that's not what you're wanting to do. Communicate. Again, if if the feeling is right, I know sometimes it's hard because then it's like, if you say no, is it the kind of person that's gonna backlash? In which case that's where I bring in the like, just stop replying. It's okay to not reply and to just slowly grow apart from people as well. For me too, it's like sometimes you just wish someone well. Like there's been months where, you know, someone who was once a best friend, months go by and I've gotten a text from them being like, hey, you know, I saw this on whatever Facebook. I really hope you're doing well. I'm, I know we don't talk much anymore, but just know you're in my thoughts. I love getting those texts and I'll send it back. And that's it. It's not like the friendship needs to be rekindled, but um, I, I definitely think there are healthy ways to grow apart from people. And obviously this is like best case scenario, but it was asked how to kindly discontinue a friendship and I'm not a professional. So if there is somebody that is causing distress in your life, um, you know, maybe working with a professional would be a healthy way to exit that kind of friendship relationship. But um, in general, I think that it's normal for us to grow apart from people and to just put that distance up for yourself. Okay, I love this next question. Somebody asked, you're gonna have the most relaxing day. What does that look like? Let me tell you, this is gonna be my day tomorrow minus the therapy part because therapy is not relaxing, but it's gotta happen and we're gonna make the most out of it. So morning bath. Morning bath with a peppermint tea. Talking like an 8.30 a.m. Hour in the tub with my book. Then get up, bird watch. Put the peanuts out. Put it in the window bird feeder. Sit down, read a little bit more. Then maybe I do a little knitting. I watch a little YouTube. I take a nap. In a perfect world, I order sushi. In my current world right now, make some, some comfort food. Whatever's feeling, feeling right, maybe some soup. Then maybe watch like Little Bear. Something, something like ultimate inner child healing comfort movie. Then more tea. Call my mom, talk to my mom. That's an enjoyable call for me. Nighttime bath. Nighttime bath, put in my magnesium gel, my little foot spray, herbal foot spray thing that smells really nice. Fuzzy socks, bed. That, that is my most relaxing day. Those are my favorite days. Nothing fancy, not going out spending a ton of money, just like humbly relaxing in my home. I love being in the house. Snug as a bug in a rug. This next one is also fun and that is your favorite place you visited and your favorite musical artist. I will serve my favorite musical artist because that is the shorter answer and I think and I did a little thinking on this because I don't I'm gonna sound weird I don't listen to a lot of music and that's only because I'm listening to music all day at my office uh, for work, which is a different vibe of music than I would probably sometimes listen to. I really like the like Studio Ghibli piano acoustic playlist, very soothing. But by the time I come home, I want to listen to like my audiobooks or a podcast. I don't listen to a ton of music for myself. When I do, I really like the band Cigarettes After Sex. It's a very like 
calming, I don't know, indie music, I guess, or my Slavic post-punk music. So I don't know if I'm saying it right. Molchat Doma, I believe is how you say it. They are, I think they're from Belarus, actually. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure some of their music was really popular on TikTok a few years ago, but all their music is incredible if you like like a post-punk Slavic feel. I have a playlist on my Spotify, which I think I have linked in like my link thing. I think. I'm going to check on that. I have a Slavic post-punk playlist, and that's usually what I'm listening to if I'm listening to something in my free time. Lots of Molchat Doma, Sad Svit, which is a Ukrainian artist. Uh, it's also kind of like post-punk that I really like, but that's kind of like my favorite artist. My favorite place I have visited, easy, Nova Scotia, the east coast of Canada, and I have had the hankering to move the heck out there ever since. I, If my mom, if my mom said, yeah, we're going to move too, I'd be out there already. I have trouble living far away from my mom. Even when I lived two hours away from my mom, I was like unwell. There are two plays in a pod, but I absolutely love Nova Scotia. And I, we rented a car and drove across pretty much the entire province, visited a lot of hole in the wall, little towns, and all of it was so charming. The people are so nice. Everyone drives like below the speed limit out there. Um, it's, it's very interesting and not so much like, Halifax in particular, but all the little small towns, which is tricky because it's like, you can't just move somewhere and move to a small town. Like, what are you gonna do for work? For me and my business, it's like, it takes on average three years to build up a full regular um, clientele and business. So the moving is not as easy as it sounds, but in, a, in an ideal world, if I was financially secure enough, and it, it is more realistic to think about owning a home out east than in Ontario for me, I would love to move out east. I have one of my best friends, Sam, moved out to New Brunswick a couple years ago with their family. And I just, I love it. And I love how much they love it. And I am very jealous. And I'm like, oh, if we moved to New Brunswick. I could be near my friend and that would be good for the mental health. <laughs> yeah, I love Nova Scotia. Even as a vegetarian, there's a lot of seafood out there. I still, I love the food. I loved the pasta. I loved the vibes. And yeah, it's, it's, beautiful, beautiful out there. Somebody else asked, do you want kids one day? I feel like the older I get, the less I want them. Well, my friend, I have a whole podcast episode called Being Child-Free by Choice. And I am going to be annoying and redirect you to that for the long answer because I talk in great detail for like 45 minutes about why I've never wanted kids, why I do not want kids, and the community of people that are child-free by choice. And it's important to um, make that clarification because there are a lot of people that are child-free, not by choice, who would really like to start a family. I'm not that person. I do not want kids. I've never wanted kids. And I will not be further extrapolating on that in this episode. But if you're interested in that topic, check out the episode on being child-free by choice. Ooh, okay. Somebody said favorite skincare. And I know I don't like to talk too much about what's the word here, consumerism, but I... I, I do like to talk about my skin because I have got to a good place with my skin after like over a decade of dealing with acne. And I do still deal with some eczema, but not on my face anymore, which is exciting. My number one favorite is Osea. Osea, I don't know. I didn't know how to say it properly. They are a small family company from, I believe, California. And God, their stuff is so freaking good. And there's no plug in Canada. I have to order it from America and they always charge me freaking duties. So be aware if you're Canadian that you might get hit with some duties at the door when it comes, but it is so worth it. It is like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't like the word natural ingredients, but it is, it's more natural ingredients. The stuff smells divine. The, I don't know if I'm gonna say it right, like the underine algae line. I still have their body oil. I am savoring it after my showers. I used up the body butter. And it's the smell I can't even describe. It just, it smells like a beachy, beautiful, holistic, I don't know. I don't know what the heck the creators are smoking, but I would like some because they create the most incredible stuff. I used their eye serum and eye cream. That was my recent-ish this past fall purchase from them. And I know it'll last me at least a year. Um, and I am very prone to eczema under my eyes and on my eyelids. And I've not had a single issue 
since I've been using the, um, I think it's called Ocean Eyes, the eye serum. And if you keep it in the fridge, it's nice and cold. I swear, I'm not really a skincare person, but I'm really passionate about the stuff that I do use. Uh, so I use Osea for body and eyes. And then I use Omi, which y'all have definitely seen if you're on my Instagram. They're a Quebec company here in Canada that do skincare. And it was created by two pharmacists, which I think is really interesting because they know the actives that are important in skincare and they're not putting in all the, um, I don't know, filler ingredients, if that makes sense. And I love that you can choose fragrance free. I do the custom, I think I'm on my third refill of their refillable um, day, day cream, night cream, and serum. And I choose fragrance free, which again, as someone with eczema is, and sensitive skin is just really important to me. And so I use them for um, that. And then I just use Vanny cream, Vanny cream. And I do use uh, the BH, BHA, is that the word? BHA, that sounds right. The BHA cleanser as a second cleanse at night. Um, Vanicream in the morning, Vanicream and BHA Omi cleanser at night. Vanicream is super affordable. I've been using it since like high school, like get it at Walmart. Um, it's fragrance free. My nurse practitioner recommended it when I was on, I think it's called tetracycline for my acne like 15 years ago. Never looked back. So gentle on the skin, cheap, effective. Love that. And not to like plug myself. I do have discount codes for both Osea and Osea, Osea and Omi, which I do make a small commission from, but you get a discount. And I don't know the codes off the top of my head because I don't really promote them. It's just like, if you happen to be wanting to buy something, but they're both in my link. If you go to my, wherever that link is, that link tree thingy majiggy, I use like a knockoff one for free. Um, the, the codes are in there if you uh, fancy using it. I, I think you should always wait on a purchase before you purchase anything and you don't need to buy the stuff that I use because we all have different skin and our, our skin is different. But I'm the kind of person where if I already know I'm buying something and I know a creator I like has a code, I want to give a little bit back to them. So, you know, I have people that ask, that is what I use. And I am like, I, I buy these, like I said, I buy these products out of pocket. Um, I'm, I'm not being paid to say this, but that is what I use and that's what's in my cabinet. Two more questions and one more on the consumerism. I don't like that word, but train is uh, hair care. I'm looking for something more natural. I highly, highly, highly recommend Karina Organics. And I recommend you use up all the shampoo and conditioner and all your products in your shower before you buy new stuff because we don't need to keep buying more and more and more. And that's one of the things with my low buy year is using up what I have before buying something new. But Karina Organics is my favorite for shampoo and conditioner. If you live in Canada, uh, Healthy Planet stocks them. I think Karina Organics might even be a Canadian company. I think they might be from out West. And they are a very, very natural shampoo and uh, conditioner. They might also do body wash. I don't know, a company, uh, but I, I love it. They smell lovely. They're also stocked at like my local natural store. You know, those kind of stores. I can't think of the right word, um, but that's all. I get that if I'm feeling bouge because it is like a little more expensive in this world to buy natural products. Um, otherwise, I'm going to be so for real with y'all right now. I really like the green apple head and shoulders. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. What can I say? I am trying to limit the fragrance I use in my life for health reasons and just sensitive skin. My scalp loves head and shoulders and I sometimes do struggle with dandruff. So, it's between the two. There's not really a middle ground for me. It's like head and shoulders or the Carino Organics. Um, and that's what I use and a wet brush. That's it. Last question. I thought I'd save this for last for the people that make it through the whole podcast because they don't talk about my personal life a lot, but it's how did you meet your partner? I've been with my boyfriend, Nick, for not quite two years. I don't know. We don't really have like a date on like an anniversary of when we started dating because um, we've, we've known each other for a really long time. So Nick and I grew up in the same small town. We, I think he moved to um, that town in like maybe fifth grade from a different small town. And we went to elementary school together. He was a year older than me. And then we went to high school together and we like knew each other, you know, like had each other on Facebook, but uh, we didn't run in exactly the same circles. He was actually, um, and still is really good friends with my, one of my high school boyfriends, which is really funny and said boyfriend that I dated in 10th grade does not let it go. 
He might have now. Um, but the few times he's came to like help us like move a dresser in and stuff when we moved in together, this um, boyfriend at the time who was best friends with my current boyfriend, uh, he loves to just poke fun at me about it. And it was like a very high school, like, you're my boyfriend, even though like we barely know each other and we'll just text and maybe hang out and watch a movie. Anyways, I think that's really funny. Um, but I, I still, I wasn't talking to like Nick very much in high school. I did some like photography for like the band that he was in. High school fun band, not famous people with a band. <laughs> oh, there went that laundry timer. Okay, thankfully I didn't lose the episode. I was, I was worried that was gonna happen. Anywho, where was I? So Nick and I, so we always kept in touch. He's into cars. So I remember like years ago asking him for help when I was trying to set up these like things like lights in my car. And then after I was going through my separation and divorce, he was really helpful in being like, hey, if you just like need to get out of the house, um, we can just go for a drive, get you a coffee, try and decompress, hope you're doing well kind of thing. And somewhere along that time of just like loading my dog up and going for a drive, uh, somewhere along that line, we were like, hmm, we have a lot of the same values and interests and, you know, places we'd like to be in life. And now we're dating and living together. So that's the long short of how we met is we went to elementary school and high school together. And I was, I've always been that person that's like, I'm not going to date people from my hometown. I am that person. And I'm okay with being that person. And I always like, I don't know, I'm sure other people think this where they log onto Instagram and they see people they went to high school with dating people from high school that they never thought they would be with. I'm that person now. And I still think that when I see people from high school and now I'm like, oh, I love that for them. Because uh, people change. People change and high school me would not have um, dated high school him and vice versa. It's fun because we know each other's business. We know each other's background. I know that he's not some weirdo which i don't know you know can happen with like online dating in this day and age it's just very comfortable and nice and safe and our families live like in the same freaking neighborhood and it's been it's been really wonderful and i think one of like the greenest flags was just um the way that when, when we started dating he you know obviously knew i was going through a divorce in a very tumultuous period of time in my life and was just very much like, I don't want you to feel pressured at all if you need space or this just needs to stay as, you know, friendship car rides, like whatever. He's like, I'm happy to be in your life at whatever capacity you have. And he, he was just very respectful and he's a very respectful young man. <laughs> you. That's how we met. And it's, it's just funny because I know people from high school and maybe some people listening to this are probably like, what an interesting pairing. And all I can say is that people change and people grow. And um, he is one of the gentlest spirits that I know. And he keeps me calm when I am losing my marbles. He is someone that very, very rarely would raise his voice unless like we're in danger or something. And I'm a bit of a spiral. I'm a bit of a spaz. So we, I think, harmoniously balance each other out. And that is the last question. I need to get my laundry. And this is a long episode. So if you made it all the way through, I hope you enjoyed that little peek into my personal life because after my divorce... <laughs> I decided I needed to step back from sharing my personal life a little bit because there was some really weird um, messages I was getting after people noticed that my ex was no longer on my social media. It was a little parasocially too much, but um, yeah, it's crazy that it's been almost two years again. Like, I don't really know. Sometime in the spring, I guess, we started dating, but yeah. Small town little Hallmark story. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I don't know exactly what I want to talk about next week yet. I have some notes. Again, if you have topics you want to hear about, let me know. Sometime in the next month, I'm hoping to do the episode about OCD and ERP therapy and what that's looked like in detail for me. Because um, I keep thinking like, oh, I should wait. I should wait till I'm like done. I'm never going to be done. That's what I have learned. I am 15 sessions in, 
weekly sessions into this now and I have learned and changed a lot and I think it'd be interesting to do an episode soon talking about that and then you know in six months or a year I can do an update on what that's looked like what I've learned and how things are going so I'll talk about that at some point I still want to do my contentment is the enemy of capitalism episode and talk about how I integrate things into my life to challenge capitalism and consumerism on the daily which with my low buy year is definitely helping a lot yeah I feel like I might have another idea but I don't know I kind of wang this a little bit week by week. So I did, anyways, new episodes every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. This hour went by so quick talking. This has been a fun one. I hope y'all enjoyed, got to know me a little bit more. And I will see y'all next Sunday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.